0: Hello and welcome back in to the second edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, also of MileHighSports.com. You're going to find my podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network all year long, and all of my written content as well as articles at How Is This Podcast will be on MileHighSports.com. We're going to be producing tons and tons of cool content throughout the year, so make sure you are following both. I first wanted to begin this podcast by just saying thank you guys so much for the awesome launch that I had today. Um, I'm recording this podcast Monday night, so it'll drop Tuesday morning, but the love and appreciation that I got when I launched was awesome, and I cannot ap- th- tell you guys how much I appreciate it. I cannot tell you guys how much I appreciate everyone going out and subscribing, how many people shared it, how many people left some positive reviews, whatever it may be. It means a ton to me that you guys were so excited about about it just like me. Additionally, I didn't get a chance to give them some love in the last podcast, but I wanted to give a shout out to the Regulators Regime. They are the ones who made the po- uh, the beats for the intro and outro of the podcast. You can find them at Regulators Regime on Instagram. You can also reach out to at Rod Simba on Instagram. That's R-O-D-S-Y-M-B-A on Instagram. The Regulators Production Group do great work for audio production, and you're going to hear more and more of their beats on this podcast as we continually build it to to be bigger and bigger also thanks to both the sponsors because i don't usually have this many sponsors on the show we got a chance to have axios as a sponsor as well as Harry shaving both are fantastic and we'll have reads for them later on in the show and lastly thank you to Samus Fandari for reaching out to me to gauge my interest in this position and also kevin jones the owner and our leader of the blue wire podcast network for bringing me on that's all my thanks I wanted to give. I don't want to go on and on and on about it, but let's talk about some Nuggets basketball because it's back. We're going to have Nuggets basketball on Tuesday night where the, where the Denver Nuggets are going to take on the team that they lost to in the Western Conference semifinals, the Portland Trailblazers. There is going to be so much to look at for this game, so what I'm going to eventually do in this podcast is I want to take time and basically outline the different things that I'm going to be watching for in this game. Preseason basketball is preseason basketball. I'm not going to sit here and say there's so much to take away, but there are particular things that I'm very curious about, and being that the sample size is so small, you know, actually non-existent, it's going to be great to finally have something to analyze and look at and try and get a better read on as we go forward so I'm going to go through I'm going to talk about a bunch of different things as it has to do with the Nuggets game versus the Blazers and then at the end of this podcast I'm going to do something cool where I want to do this more often by the way so if you guys don't know, I have an article up on MileHighSports.com right now where I spoke to Michael Porter Jr. about his growth as a man and as a basketball player over the past couple years, his relationship with Michael Malone, his relationship with Nikola Jokic, and really finding blessings that have been disguised under a lot of adversity. So because of that conversation was so illuminating in my opinion, and the article I loved writing so much, I'm actually going to take the audio from that and I'm going to give you guys all All five minutes of uncut um, audio from my interview with Michael Porter Jr. That way you can hear it from his own mouth. That way you're not just hearing it the way that I'm conveying it. You can finally hear it from his mouth and, what, and the way that he wants to say it and hopefully not make fun of the way that I ask questions too much. But, you know, that is all to be determined. So it's going to be a very, very fun podcast. It's going to be a fun growth of this podcast over the next year. I cannot wait to see the more things that we are able to add. I cannot wait to bring you guys better and better and better and Nuggets content and that is going to start today so again make sure to subscribe to this podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts Spotify iHeartRadio Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts wherever you find your podcast make sure to subscribe leave some reviews leave me a five-star rating and all that jazz so we're going to take our first break real quick and then I am going to come back and we're going to get into all of the things to watch for in the very first Nuggets game of the 2019-20 season following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything else in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stuff stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. Sports.axios.com Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join a 100,000 sport fans who get caught up on the day before it even happens. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com Again, try for Free ninety nine at sports.axios.com. get into what everyone's been waiting for, which is finally looking ahead to this Nuggets vs. Blazers preseason game that will kick off the 2019-20 season for the Denver Nuggets. First of all, it's very, very funny that the Nuggets are starting their season in Portland against the team that beat them on their home floor in Game 7 of the Western Conference Semifinals. It's just a nice little way to add a little extra flair to the very first preseason game of the year. Beyond that, though, there's a couple interesting things that came out at practice today that really, you know, that lends itself to the game coming up. First of all, the Nuggets are finally healthy. Malone confirmed that everyone is active other than Bull. Bull, as was expected. Will Barton is a full go. Will Barton is not hurt. Will Barton is ready to go. He will play. The other little bit of news that came out is that Nikola Jokic will not play in the preseason game against Portland. Michael Malone, he basically said that Nikola Jokic has played a lot of basketball and despite the fact that he has said multiple times that he does feel good and that he doesn't feel like he's winded or he does feel fresh he's still, the Nuggets are not willing to push him farther than they need to so Nikola Jokic will sit out the first preseason game and Michael Malone said they will slowly ramp him up for the last three, so basically they're slowly getting him into the groove of things as it pertains to full speed NBA basketball, which in my opinion is a very good thing. The Nuggets are going to need a healthy Nikola Jokic all year. Managing his minutes load, his workload, and everything that he is doing is going to be a very important thing that they have to handle throughout the year. The Nuggets are a talented team. It would take a pretty big disaster for them to not be a playoff team or to not even be a home court advantage team. So finding time to get Nikola Jokic breaks at any point throughout the season, even the first game of the preseason, is an extremely important thing for this Nuggets team to do. I am curious to see how it works out later are on in the regular season, but as of right now, Nikola Jokic will not play the first preseason game, but will play the second, third, and fourth, it seems. Um, Also, Will Barton being active is going to be a very interesting little caveat. Um, No one has any idea who's going to start at small forward in game one. No one has any idea what that means for the starting small forward role going forward. I will talk about the starting small forward role here in a little bit, but let's first talk about Michael Porter Jr.'s debut. Michael Porter Jr., talk to the media today as well and basically what he said was, of course there's going to be some nerves, this, was his very, this is going to be his very first real NBA game but he also said he's an extremely confident player and that the second the ball is tipped up, that those nerves are going to go away. Michael Porter Jr. seems so calm and collected talking about it today. Most players who have been hurt for two years, who are just chomping at the bit to finally get on the basketball court for the fourth time since high school that's how long it's been. He only played three collegiate games, did not played last year so he's only played three- This will be his fourth game since high school. I mean, it's hard not to be jittery. It's hard not to be over-anxious and extra excited, but he was so reserved, so calm and collected. It just seemed like nothing was going to phase him as it pertained to what we were talking about, and every question was about his debut. Every question was about how he was feeling about it, and he really handled it with such grace as he has continually done all training camp throughout media day and now the first practice of the season before the first preseason game. It's going to be interesting to see how that resolve translates to the court. It's very easy to say you're going to be fine and that the nerves are going to go away, but once you actually get out onto the court and the Moda Center is just loud, which of course it's a preseason game, it's not going to be that crazy, but this is nothing like he has ever dealt with before at the NBA level. So sure, it's easy to say those things. They are He's saying all the right things, but we're really going to see what his resolve is like when he finally steps onto that court. I am not expecting a strong game from Michael Porter Jr., I'm expecting him to be rough. I'm expecting him to be breaking off the rust. I'm expecting a bad shooting performance. I'm expecting him to be bad defensively and miss defensive assignments and let guys go by him. I'm prepared for him to not be ready for a pass. I'm prepared for all of those things. Again, he has not played basketball in two years. It is going to take time. And I fully expect that this first game, this first preseason game, is going to be extremely rough for him. And if it isn't, that would be even more surprising, in my opinion. And that would speak more so to his, again, his resolve, his mental fortitude, and his preparation for this moment in time. Because his entire life leading up to this exact moment has been building to this exact moment. So it's hard to say, it's hard not to have jitters. I don't care what he's saying. You have to be impervious to any kind of. Of pressure to not feel any kind of nerves going into your very first NBA game after working your entire life to be an NBA player. So it's going to be very interesting. We'll talk more about Michael Porter Jr. in a second when I get to the small forward role, but first let's talk about Jeremy Grant because this will be the first look at Jeremy Grant as a member of the Denver Nuggets, and that's going to be interesting. Um, first off, it's going to be hard to figure out exactly how he looks because Nikola Jokic isn't playing, so you're not going to be able to get the full scope of how he fits, but we'll, what will be nice about this is that Mason Plumlee, who is almost assuredly going to start in place of Nikola Jokic, those are likely; those two are likely going to be the backup front court. It's going to be Mason Plumlee at the five and Jeremy Grant at the four, and then I think you'll see Jeremy Grant also play some five from time to time. But Nikola Jokic not being on the floor that means that you're just going to see more and more time with Jeremy Grant with Mason Plumlee or Jeremy Grant playing as a small ball five. Um, we'll talk about Jared Vanderbilt a little bit later as well, but the Nuggets have limited options for who they're going to play at backup center I have a very I I would be extremely surprised if the Nuggets wanted Paul Millsap to go play center in a meaningless preseason game, that doesn't make any sense to me so what I would expect them to do is to play Mason Plumlee a good amount of minutes is to play Jeremy Grant some spot minutes and then maybe get Tyler Zeller or Jared Vanderbilt some minutes at the 5 depending on how they view Jared Vanderbilt if they want Vanderbilt to play more 4 than you could see Zeller. If they really want to see what Vanderbilt can do at the 5, you're probably not going to see t- Tyler Zeller on this game, and you'll see Vanderbilt play both power forward and a lot of backup center. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that works with Nikola Jokic out, but again, let me go back. Jeremy Grant being in a Nuggets uniform is going to be awesome to see, and I can't wait to see him play some small ball 5. That, I think, is going to be his most underrated role on this Nuggets team. Of course, he'll be going with Nikola Jokic. Everybody, other than Trey Lyles and Emmanuel Moutier, has always been good with Nikola Jokic. So that for me, I'm just leaving on the back burner. I'm fully expecting that to be part of the situation. But what I want to see is how does Jeremy Grant play at small ball five with a smaller team around him, with a Michael Porter Jr. at four, or maybe a Jared Vanderbilt or whatever it may be. I want to see those things. And it's going to be extremely interesting to see how he plays in that role because being that he's coming off the bench, he's not really going to be able to play all of his minutes with Nikola Jokic is not physically possible. So seeing how he develops with other players on the court that are not Nikola Jokic is a meaningful development in my opinion. I will bet money that there will be a lob pass thrown from Monte Morris to Jeremy Grant at some point in this game. The one player that I know for a fact that Jeremy Grant is already developing good chemistry with is Monte Morris, who told us on media day that he's already played 60-plus pickup games with Jeremy Grant, so... That's my Jeremy Grant feel. It's going to be great to see him in Nuggets uniform, and we'll see how he fits. Now let's talk about the small forward role, because I think that'll be the most illuminating part of this preseason game. Being that it's an open competition, there's only so much sample size that Michael Malone can pull from to make his decision, and these four preseason games, if the battle goes that long, is going to be very important in that decision-making process. So... Who starts in this game? That is something that is not really... That's going to be tough to... I I don't know. First of all, we're speculating. Michael Malone did not tell anybody, so we have no idea. In my opinion... I think Tory Craig is probably going to start the first game. And the reason why is not because Tory Craig is higher in the depth chart, but because they want to bring Will Barton back a little bit slower because he had already dealt with injuries all of last year, and then he came to camp dealing with a hamstring injury that hampered him as well. So because of that, it makes more sense to give Tory Craig the bulk of the minutes and let Will Barton play off the bench, which is going to be very interesting in my opinion. Also, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, who starts this first game of the preseason. The starter is non-consequential. I would have a strong suspicion that you're going to see maybe all four of them start a single game or at least two of them. I would bet Torrey Craig at least gets one start and Will Barton gets one start. Wancho might as well, and if the Nuggets have not decided or if they already have, maybe Michael Porter Jr. gets a start in the preseason. But again, that would be extremely surprising. But I do think that there is a good chance that you see Will Barton and Torrey Craig each start different games throughout the preseason as basically the two players who are fighting for their opportunity to start at small forward for the Denver Nuggets. So that's how I view this playing out. So I do think Torrey Craig starts um, game one just because he is more prepared and Will Barton is still working his way back. But this can be good for Will Barton in my opinion because this means Will Barton can stand out. He'll be playing against bench units in the preseason, which means he'll likely have the ball in his hands a little bit more than he would with the starters. So Barton can get into a better rhythm, he can show off what he can do, and he can do it against inferior opponents. Also, he will still have a strong playmaker out there with him in Monte Morris if he's off the bench. So it's not like Will Barton is going to be stuck on an island of just handling the ball. He will be able to get off ball and operate in that sense as well. But even if he starts, he has chemistry with Mason Plumlee. He has a lot of chemistry with with Gary Harris and Jamal Murray. So regardless of what happens, Will Barton, I think, has the most to prove. I think people generally know who Torrey Craig is and what he brings to the table. If he shoots well, that'll be another development. I would be very surprised if Michael Porter Jr. even sniffed the starting lineup in this game. I don't think there's any chance that it would happen. That would be crazy to me. It would be the timeline is much more sped up than most people around the team feel like it should be. So that would be very surprising to me. The last player we haven't spoken about is Juancho Hernan Gomez, and I would be—I guess—I wouldn't be surprised if he started. But from what I have picked up on, from what I think, it seems like Juancho Hernan Gomez is the third best in this running in terms of odds. So I don't think he would start. I think he makes sense more so off the bench. They need more shooting anyway. So that's going to be an interesting development as well. I think having Wantra Hernan Gomez play with Jeremy Grant as a 4-5 is extremely interesting. I think Mason Plumley. Um, with Jeremy Grant and Wancho at the three is very interesting. So that's going to be where he plays. I don't think he'll start either. So that's kind of where I'm at with the small forward role, but it's going to be interesting to see who stands out, who starts, and if a different player starts in the next game when they play the Clippers. So that's going to be interesting for me. Uh, Let's move on, though. Let's talk about the young players, because for me, as a basketball junkie and someone who loves scouting young players too much and is just obsessed with this kind of thing, I love this part, and that is seeing Jared Vanderbilt play, seeing Vlaco Chanchar play, seeing Tyler Cook play, and then seeing the lone holdover from training camp invites P.J. Dozier play. Um, it's going to be interesting, so some news real quick before we go off the bat, the Nuggets have waived Jorge Gutierrez and Elijah sap from their training camp roster that means the only player left who does not have an MB who does not have a 15man roster spot or a two-way spot that is on the nuggets team is PJ Dozier he is fighting for a spot on the roster there and he so it's gonna be interesting to see how much he plays because if he does play a good amount that means in my opinion that the nuggets do want a good look at him as a potential player to take that 15th spot and to provide some guard depth um, he can play play 1 and 2, he's a big lanky player, he can defend, so maybe there is a chance that PJ Dozier could make this team, I wouldn't say that there's any good odds in his favor, but it's not anywhere near out of the question, so PJ Dozier will be an interesting player to keep an eye on, if he ends up riding the bench for most of the game, I would say his odds of making the team are going to fall pretty drastically, if the Nuggets want to see what he can do, they'll play him if they don't, we'll see what happens from there so, the other player, Tyler Cook who already has a two-way contract With the Denver Nuggets. Michael Malone has said multiple times throughout training camp that Tyler Cook is absolutely an NBA player. And sure, maybe he is. There's a lot of stuff he can bring to the table. He's very athletic. The dude is built like the Terminator. I mean, this man is a unit of a human being. Um, but he plays 3-4, can't really shoot. He's not a three-point shooter at all. Um, and I wouldn't say he has much of an offensive game, but he can defend multiple positions. He will work his ass off. And he's the kind of guy who does not back down. And adding that kind of physicality is a very important thing. He reminds me a little bit of semi Ogilier, um, that style of player. We'll see how much he translates. We'll see what he's able to do. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Tyler Cook is on a two-way contract with the Nuggets, so he will likely be with the Nuggets for most of the season well not the Nuggets in the G League but as a member of the Nuggets organization in some capacity the Nuggets could of course waive him at any point and also give and then give a two-way contract to someone else like a PJ Dozier if they wanted to but it seems like from Michael Malone's comments that they really do believe that Tyler Cook can be a valuable asset to this Denver Nuggets team so I would not put it past this Nuggets team that maybe he could make this roster maybe there is an opportunity for him to be that guy so it's going to be interesting. Again, we'll have to just play it by ear, but. Tyler Cook has some game, man. It's going to be interesting. Um, personally, for me, I cannot wait to watch Jared Vanderbilt. This is the guy that I have been so excited about. I have I have heard him spoken about as a Pascal Siakam type. I've heard him as a Dennis Rodman type. I've heard him as a Draymond type. And again, not saying his ceiling is anywhere near those players or that he can even become those players, but he has that archetype where he's a big who can handle the ball, doesn't really have a ton of scoring ability but has good vision as a high IQ player tons of toughness tons of energy and is a rebounding machine I mean this guy he is broken I, I talked to a guy that I, I'm friends with that's analytics for a, a particular NBA team that's not the Nuggets and he broke his rebounding metric they did not have a comparison for him as a rebounder coming out of college and high school I cannot wait to see how he plays because the Because Nikola Jokic is out, we could see Jared Vanderbilt play equal parts center and power forward in this game. I want to see him alongside Jeremy Grant. I want to see him play a small lineup with Wancho next to him as he plays the five. I want to see him handle the ball. I want to see him grab rebounds, push the break, and make reads and make plays for other teammates. I want him to be confident. And the big thing about Jared Vanderbilt that you need to remember is that this guy just needs reps. He is not a player who has gotten enough time um, just playing basketball. This is another player who hurt his foot in college, did not play very much, and then sat out most of last year getting healthy, getting stronger, and getting ready. So he just needs reps, and he needs to continually use that infectious energy of his. Apparently, his athleticism has returned quite a bit according to Will Barton. Multiple players have said that he has stood out during the runs, and personally, I just can't wait to see what he can bring to the table. I fully believe that He can be a player that eventually starts alongside Nikola Jokic if he pans out. His ability to grab and go, his rebounding, his defensive versatility, his shot blocking, his athletic ability. There are so many things that he brings to the table that fit so well alongside this team. Not now, but three, four, five years down the line. I cannot wait to see what Jared Vanderbilt does tomorrow night against Portland, but we'll have to wait and see how much he actually plays. The last player of the young players that I'm going to talk about is Vlaco Chanchar, and I'm very curious how he's going to handle the speed of the NBA in his first match, or in his first game. I think he'll be fine. I think Vlatko is going to look right at home. I think he will be the mistake-free player who takes open shots and just does what he needs to do, as he has always done ever since he played for Megalex back in Serbia, just like he did playing for Real Madrid in the ACB League last year, just like he did in Summer League for the Nuggets the past two years, and I fully expect to see more of that this year. So... Hopefully he hits open shots, hopefully he just keeps making good decisions. I'm curious how defensively versatile he is, because he's not very quick horizontally, but he's a very smart player, so he can play the position game. I would not be surprised if he can defend in a way like Kyle Korver can. Um, That's going to be very interesting to me, and I can't wait to see what Vlaco Chanchar can bring to the table. But that's all I got for takeaways. I think there's a lot of interesting um, things to watch for in this game. Seeing what the Nuggets look like without Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr.'s debut, the first look at Jeremy Grant, a look at the small forward role in the battle for the starting small forward role, um, and then how the young players play. I can't wait to see all of those things. I think there's a lot of interesting takeaways that we can gain, but there's not going to be anything concrete that we gain from the preseason because it's the preseason and Nikola Jokic isn't playing. So this is all just more evidence evidence that we can continue to use to try and project where the Nuggets are going to end up in the future. This is not a uh, telltale situation. This is not an end-all be-all situation, but there is substance to gain from preseason if you look at it through the right lens. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk about Michael Porter Jr.'s interview that I did with him, my story that I did with him, and then I'm just going to give you the interview in all of its five minutes of glory. We will talk to you guys soon. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave, it really hasn't changed much. The ancient grinks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I know I have a beard, but I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave where I need it. It's an easy glide, and it's a low price. Do me a favor and check out harrys.com blue Buyer for your free trial today harry's is a return to the essential quality durable blades at a fair price they're just two bucks a blade harry's is super convenient the blade refills are delivered directly to your door on schedule with or without a subscription and there's no risk to you trying them out if you don't love your shave just let them know and they'll give you an their full refund back So listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. It is now time to talk about the Michael Porter interview that I did with him, the story that I put up on Mile High Sports about him, and really just give you the interview entirely uncut. Um, I had the opportunity, thankfully, to go speak to Michael Porter Jr. on the second to last day of training camp, just about his path through the past two years his progression not just as a player but as a person because when you go through not being able to play the game you love for two years only play three games since high school to get to this point and have all these expectations be such a high school superstar to basically the end of the bench fixture as an injured player that is extremely impactful on someone's confidence on their psyche and to get the perspective from Michael Porter Jr. about how he grew about the ways that he learned to deal with these different circumstances and all of the ways that he felt like he grew as an individual was just very enlightening in my opinion. It's something that I very much so enjoyed doing. And because of that, I just wanted to give it to you guys unfiltered. Um, before you before you listen to this or after, I don't care. Go to milehighsports.com and read my article that I wrote based off of this interview I did with him. This The trials and tribulations becoming a blessing in disguise from Michael Porter Jr. So, again, thanks to Michael Porter Jr. for giving the time for me to talk to him about this. Thanks to Nuggets PR for getting the interview set up. Thanks to just being... It's just so awesome to be able to do this and provide some extra insight that maybe Nuggets fans had not originally had. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Michael Porter Jr. So, I really just kind of want to talk about... How your progression has been from the second you got here to where you are now—not just on the court, but as a person—how about what? Just how you have progressed in terms of maturity, in terms of growing as a man throughout the year and all of the trials and tribulations you've gone through. Um,
1: you know, for me, like this whole process has kind of been something that I feel like I needed. I feel like if I would have never got injured and just came into the league, I wouldn't say that it wouldn't have gone smoothly. But I, I think that going through this stuff just grew me as a man and learning how to be my own person and handle not only like stuff on the court but off the court you know the nba certain lifestyle uh, and just able to be my own person and not get sucked into certain things that i don't want to be involved in um, so i think like that along with just having my family there and kind of learning balance like before before this injury basketball was everything to me like prior a bad game i was i was sad and down until i had another game but now it's like i kind of have become more of a multifaceted person where have more interest, um, and to me, like I feel like I have more of the right perspective on things, like basketball. I love it, it's my job, and I have a passion for it, but there's more to me than just basketball.
0: So you did grow as a man. It's, it's almost like a wisdom that you kind of got. You've almost kind of found yourself being away from basketball for that year. Now. Yeah. So now, how much did Michael Malone help with
1: that process? Coach Malone, I mean, he, like, Mike Malone's such a good dude. He was just there to, with, like, through it the whole time. Like, I know some coaches, if you're not producing for them on the court, they probably are just not really trying to develop a relationship with you or, talk to you. He would pull me aside and we would have conversations. He would just reiterate we know you're going to be a good player Um, and we're with you the whole way. He would just tell me like be patient and set your pace. Like he never tried to rush me on the court last year. I mean he's just been a a great guy and like somebody I can look up to just because he really cares about me as a
0: person he's made it clear that you are going to get support regardless and he understands you're going to have ups and downs. Does that take does that take away the pressure? Does that allow you to have more confidence just to go out there and do what you do? I mean,
1: yeah, I always feel like I have confidence, but just that the coach knows that I, – I mean, of course, I'm, I'm a rookie. I'm not going to be perfect out there, but I'm going to do what I can to help the team. Him just helping me through my mistakes in training camp when I mess up on the offensive or the defense. Like, he doesn't – he just pulls me aside and tells me stuff I could do better instead of like making the team run for
0: it or something like that. You know what I mean? So you yeah. just, just, it's been real cool. Going back to this summer when you were finally getting some open run working and stuff like that, who were you playing with most often? Most
1: often? I mean, throughout that summer, the core group that was there was like me, Monte, Jared, Tyler Cook, PJ, um, Jamal, Malik, Tori. Wancho, Paul, Mason, and Yoke, those guys kind of came a little later, but we always had some, some some guys come in to play with us as
0: well. Uh, so, Blacko, So, Who stood up as a leader for you? Who did you kind of lean on? Was it Monte that really kind of a, took you under his belt? Monte career? has been
1: really, really good, just even here in training camp, just kind of like showing me how, how they play, like the different options. Like, we run a lot of sets, but it's not... The sets we run, we just start in that. And then there's so many options off of it. He kind of just helps sh- tell me like what I, where to move and when to move. So I really appreciate that. Um, but all these guys, man, Jamal, Yoke has been a lot more verbal t- towards me than I thought he would be.
0: Just kind of telling me like, great job, but, but pointing out stuff I can get better at. How has that relationship grown, you and Nikola? Cause I'm sure cause you, have, you said you haven't had tons of time, Yeah. but at the same time he is in your ear already. Has that been an easy, Transition it has,
1: and it's been easier than I thought. You know, Yoke is kind of like he kind of chooses who he likes and he doesn't like. Um, but he, he's he's such a good player that like when, when he um, he's kind of helping me through things. You know, him being um, the guy that we run most of our stuff through, um, it, it just is really cool for me just because I can pick up on stuff easier. Because when the, when one of the main players on the team is kind of telling me what he wants to
0: do, then you then you can kind of figure it out quicker. So the trials and tribulations of ending up here is exactly what I'm almost a blessing in disguise for you. Man, it is. And I, I, I thought so lot.
1: Draft night, like I thought Denver would be, it, it seemed kind of weird at the time, but I knew it was going to end up a blessing. And now I can't think of a better situation I can be in. Like we're playing for a championship.
0: It's my first season. I'm going to get a chance to play. And it's going to be cool. That's it. That's the interview. That's the podcast. That's it. Thank you guys so much for the great launch. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for following. Thank you for retweeting. Thank you for sharing it everywhere. Thank you for all the five-star reviews. Make sure to leave me comments. It means the world to me that you guys have supported this podcast to where it has now become. And thank you to Blue Wire Podcast Network because they're going to allow me to grow this podcast more and more and more. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll be back after the Portland Trailblazers game to recap the game and, and basically kind of reflect back on the things I wanted to watch for and outline what we ended up seeing. So thank you guys again. We will talk to you in the very near future. Make sure to go hit that subscribe button and we'll talk to you later. This has been the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast and I am TJ McBride. Catch you guys later. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flower and concentrates as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T E R R A P I N carestation.com.